Good morning. Today is Tuesday, September the 5th, and we're studying the Bible study guide for the third quarter of 2023. The Bible study guide for this quarter is called Ephesians, and today we're studying lesson number 11. The reading for today is called Slavery in Paul's Day. Let us pray. Our loving Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for your care. We thank you how you provide for us. We thank you how you watch over us and you lead us and guide us in our lives. This morning, as we're about to study this Bible study guide, we ask for the presence of your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Today's reading begins with a question. Read through the counsel, read through the counsel to slaves and slave masters in the following passages. And there are several. Ephesians 6, 5 through 9, Colossians 3, 22 through Colossians 4, verse 1, 1 Corinthians 7, 20, and 20, 20 through 24, 1 Timothy 6, verses 1 and 2, and 1 Peter 2, 18 through 25. And here's, a, here's the, the, the question that we have. How would you summarize this advice? So we're going to be reading some advice, and then we're going to summarize it at the end. First, Ephesians 6, 5 through 9. Bond servants, obey your earthly masters with fear and trembling, with a sincere heart, as you would Christ, not by the way of eye service as people pleasers, but as bond servants of Christ, doing the will of God from the heart, rendering service with a good will as to the Lord and not to man, knowing that whatever good anyone does, this he will receive back from the Lord, whether he is a bond servant or is free. Masters, do the same thing and stop your threatening, knowing that he who is both their master and yours is in heaven, and that there is no partiality with him. Now Colossians 3.22 through Colossians 4 verse 1. Bond servants, obey in everything those who are your earthly masters, not by way of eye service, as people pleasers, with the sincerity of heart fearing the Lord. Whatever you do, work heartily, as for the Lord, and not for men, knowing that from the Lord you will receive the inheritance as your reward. You are serving the Lord Christ, for the wrongdoer will be paid back for the wrong he has done, and there is no partiality. Masters, treat your bondservants justly and fairly, knowing that you also have a master in heaven. Now, 1 Corinthians seven twenty through 24 Each one should remain in the condition in which he was called. Were you a bondservant when called? Do not be concerned about it. But if you can gain your freedom, avail yourself of the opportunity. For he who was called in the Lord as a bondservant is a free is a freed man of the Lord. Likewise, he who is free when he was when called is a bondservant of Christ. You were bought with a price. Do not become bondservants of men. So, brothers, in whatever condition each was called, let him remain with God. 1 Timothy 6, 1 and 2. Let all who are under a yoke as bondservants regard their own master as worthy of all honor, so that the name of God and the teaching may not be reviled. Those who have believing masters must not be disrespectful on the grounds that they are brothers. Rather, they must serve all the better since they are, since those who benefit their good service are believers and beloved. Teach and urge these things. And finally, 1 Peter 2, 18-25. Servants, be subject to your masters with all respect, not only to the good and gentle, but also to the unjust. For this is a gracious thing. When mindful of God, one endures sorrow 
while suffering unjustly. For what credit is it if when you sin and are beaten for it, you endure? But if when you do good and suffer for it, you endure? That is a gracious thing in the sight of God. For to this you have been called, because Christ also suffered for you, leaving you an example, so that you might follow in his steps. He committed no sin, neither was deceit found in his mouth. When he was reviled, he did not revile in return. When he suffered, he did not threaten, but continued entrusting himself to him who, justify, who judges justly. He himself bore our sins in his body on the tree, that we might die to sin and live to righteousness. By his wounds you have been healed, for you were straying like sheep, but now, but have now returned to the shepherd and overseer of your soul. So how would you summarize this advice? Basically, the advice to both is a little bit different, masters and servants. First, the advice to servants is you need to obey your master. You need to respect him. You need to do everything that you can to please him. And also the the advice for masters is how to how to take care of that servant. Notice what, what it says here. Uh, masters, uh, do the same for them and stop your threatening. Here, treat your bondservants justly and fairly, knowing that you also have a master in heaven. So the 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 bond servants, the servants, the slaves are supposed to obey their masters, do what they can to make them happy and 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 do what they're asking, but at the same time, the masters are supposed to be kind and 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 caring for the servants. Treat them fairly and justly. It is startling to hear Paul address Christian slave masters and to imagine Christian slaves and their Christian slave masters seated together in house churches of Ephesus. Slavery in the Greco-Roman world would, could differ from the later version in the New World in significant ways. It was not focused on a single ethnic group. Urban household slaves were sometimes offered opportunities for education and could work as architects, physicians, and philosophers. Freedom sometimes occurred for those for these household slaves after a limited period of service, though most slaves never gained their freedom. In an attempt to acknowledge such differences, a number of recent Bible versions translate the Greek term doulos, which is slave in Ephesians 6, 5 through 8, as bondservant. And that's what we read in the version that I was reading. Regardless, slavery at any time, in any culture, in any circumstance, is an inexcusable evil, and God will judge and condemn slaveholders according to his infinite justice, and for that we can be thankful. The cry of ex-slave Publius Sirius is haunting. It is beautiful to die instead of being degraded as a slave. Given the full range of these realities, the translation of doulos as slave is to be preferred, especially since these slaves are living under the threat of their masters. Slavery was an ever-present evil in Paul's world. He addressed it not as a social reformer, but as a pastor who advises believers how to deal with current realities and to cast a new vision centered on the transformation of the individual believer which later could have wider implications for society at large. His vision was not for man, man's submission of slaves in the Roman Empire. Rather, his view was about something other than legal manumission, that is, a new creation, sibling-based fellowship on the basis of adoption as children of God. 
For Paul, the social revolution was to occur in the church, in the body of Christ, at the local level, and in the Christian house, church, and household. Now we're at the end of the reading for today, and we have a question. One of the greatest stains on Christian history is how some used these biblical passages about slavery to justify this evil. And here's the question. What frightening message should we take away about how carefully we need to handle the Word of God? Oh, so carefully. These verses were completely misinterpreted and misused. Notice that you had a command to the slaves, and then you had a different command to the master. And the way they were used, it's, it's the same way that the, the command to the wife and husband have been misused and abused. And that is, people took the command to one, and they took that on their own, and they tried to enforce that on them. So the masters took the command that they had, that the servants had to obey the masters, and they said, you have to obey me. That's not what this is about. That was a command to the slaves, not to the masters, not to the masters to enforce it on the slaves, nothing like that. The command to the masters was different. The command to the masters was treat your bondservants justly and fairly. Do uh, Stop your threatening to, to your slaves. That's the command to the ma masters. And that's the command that they should have followed. But things were twisted. Things were abused. And uh, the word of God, thanks to this abuse, has been anathema and, uh, to many, many of the people in the world today. Many non-Christians look at the Bible in a very negative light because they think that the Bible promotes slavery. And it does not. All right. So it's, it's important and careful to, for us to realize what the Bible is actually saying. And why we have to be very, very careful about when we quote the Bible. To make sure that we're quoting the Bible in its context, in its proper form. And we're using the definitions that the Bible uses. Let us pray. Our loving Heavenly Father, Lord, we ask you to help us to be faithful to your word all the time, always. Help us to treat others the way we want to be treated. We ask you to please be with us the rest of this day. Take care of us, protect us from any harm, and keep us safe. We ask you this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for being with us this morning. I encourage you to join us again tomorrow morning as we continue to study this Bible study guide on the book of Ephesians. Thank you, and God bless you.